This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you want better mental health? Then BetterHelp is for you. It is affordable, accessible, and most importantly, personalized online therapy. There is a special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash the Lucy Pod. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone, this is just a little PSA. This episode was part of the ADHD Awareness Month episode series, but people get busy with uni, with work, with exams, so this one's come out a little later, but the ADHD Awareness Month spirit is still there, so enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lucy Pod. I hope that you are all well and staying safe and I want to wish you all again a happy ADHD Awareness Month because yes, October is ADHD Awareness Month. Now before I continue um, with this episode, um, I want to say that you might notice a change in the quality because this is an impromptu episode. This is being done outside on my front porch on a lovely spring day it's like 22 degrees very sunny but it's still quite windy and you might be thinking why would you record an episode out here um without like your microphone and in a non-podcast friendly environment well i had an adhd moment today and i left my keys inside the house and i am locked out and it's a whole thing and i'm going to be locked out um for another hour or so so I thought instead of me just like sitting and mindlessly scrolling on my phone that is going to die but hopefully not midway through this episode I thought I would record a little impromptu Lucy pod episode um I don't know what it's going to be about because I literally just thought that I thought I'm just going to start recording and we'll see um what comes to me and nothing's coming to me yet so you'll have to like give me a moment um Actually, you know what? I was thinking the other day, I've done an episode before of like the strengths and weaknesses of like ADHD. Um, and my podcast is, tends to be a very sort of positive focus on ADHD because I'm having a good experience with ADHD. However, I recognize that life isn't always peachy and ADHD definitely has its moments where it wreaks havoc. And although Um, In the spirit of ADHD Awareness Month, I want to keep my sort of pride and joy of ADHD going. Um, I do want to say that, yeah, there are definitely moments where I'm like, it'd be easier sometimes if I was neurotypical. So I think maybe this little impromptu episode could explore that. So obviously, I've gone through the amazing things of being ADHD. And even though when I have moments where I wish... I was neurotypical in the grand scheme of things. If there was a cure to being, like, becoming neurotypical and there was a cure for ADHD, I personally wouldn't have it. Um, I don't judge people who would. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But for me personally, um, I just don't... I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't really have my life any other way. I don't want to be neurotypical. Um, I'm really happy being neurodivergent. 
So I want to put that out there. But um, let's talk about it some more. So I think the biggest thing for me in um, my sort of when I have my bad days, I think it's particularly the thing that I wish I did not have was the loud thoughts. So the loud thoughts aren't necessarily negative or positive. They can just be neutral. But a lot of the time when I'm having a bad day, whether it be due to stress or just just being in a bad mood, I have a lot of loud, repetitive thoughts that can just range from uh, you have this assignment due, you have this assignment due to, oh, what are we having for dinner? What are we having for dinner? Just those really sort of repetitive thoughts that don't seem to go away and that don't help me. Um, And I find those very difficult because I... The medication doesn't make them softer. They're very, very, very loud. And I really do wish that I was able to sort of turn the volume down on them at some sometimes. Um, I've been told like to meditate on it, but when like I'm going about my day and these thoughts appear when I'm at work or when I'm in public, like I'm not gonna just take a moment to meditate. There's too much um, going on. So I, I do find that really difficult. I don't know if I'd call that a sensory overload, but I would call, I would say it's like the core sort of thing that I would use in the analogy and that it's, you know, my brain is a beautiful computer that's got, you know, amazing apps. It's able to run smoothly and all of that, but there's a million tabs open. And so that's what it feels like. And the a million tabs open is not helpful. That's not fun or charming. It doesn't make me more creative. It makes it more stressful. And it makes it hard to think about anything else. Um, And I really don't enjoy those. Um, So like right now, I'm not in a very happy situation. I've locked myself out. And I really wanted to get home, get to my computer and be able to write an essay. And I'm not getting to do that at the time that I want it. So now I'm having a repetitive thought of your essay isn't being worked on on time. Your essay isn't being worked on on time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. And this thought does nothing. It just aggravates, upsets and distresses me. But for some reason, I think that by sort of having these repetitive thoughts, it'll change the outcome. But it doesn't. It just... It's, it's still the same, like I'm not getting back into the house, I'm not gonna have more time, that's just the way it is. Um, but it can, get, it can get a lot. And then when I've got another sort of external thing going on, like someone's talking to me while this is happening, I can get quite snappy. So when I'm in those states of repetitive thoughts and my, you know, my parents innocently ask me a question like, oh, did you see that or can you put that away? I'm like, whoa, like, why are you asking me that? But the thing is, I don't realise that... I don't. I forget that they don't see what's going on in my head. So how are they meant to know we're not to ask Lucy a question right now because she's having a moment? So I get, like, offended. I go, my God, like, I'm going through a lot right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're going through a lot in your brain. We're not mind readers. We can't see what's going on in your brain. And so that sort of snappiness um, comes with it. And it's not because I have a naturally snappy disp- disposition. It's just in those moments... It's just in those moments, you know, I've got like someone talking to me and then this and that. And it's like enough. I, I can't do this. I really wish I, I didn't have that. Um, so, yeah, right now that repetitive thought about, the, you know, my studying for my essay, doing my essay, it's, it's there. And I think recording this episode is actually a good thing because I'm now thinking of another thing. I mean, hopefully. Um, the next thing, don't mind the cars. 
The next thing I'd want to say that I wish I didn't struggle with with my ADHD was my spatial awareness, particularly when it pertains to driving. Now, I totally believe and get that there are probably people who are very scared of driving who are not ADHD, who are neurotypical, and I'm sure that there are bad drivers who are neurotypical. I'm not saying that, you know, hating driving is unique to people with ADHD, but just like for me in particular, I know that if I was neurotypical, I wouldn't have this problem. I just really wish my awareness, my visual awareness was better. I think it would make my life a lot easier with driving. I just feel as if, even though the lessons are okay, I mean, look, I, you know, stopped at an intersection, but whatever. Even though the lessons are fine because they're lessons, I feel as though I'm going to have to do a lot of driving tests before I actually like get my license. And I really don't enjoy that. I'm, I, I feel like I'm at the stage in adulthood where tasks like this, I, I don't want to have to be repeating them. Like, it feels like I'm back in school. Like, you fail the test, you have to do it again. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to go through this. And I just wish I had the visual perception that I see my neurotypical friends have. Like, their ability to just be able to clock, like, oh, check your left, check your right. Like, that, those executive functions. Um, that are so important, you know, for daily life. Like, you need your executive functions. You need them for, for example, for driving, um, for, like, walking in the street, for communicating with others. They're such a vital um, part of our brains. And obviously, when you've got that sort of weakened muscle in your brain, the ADHD muscle, that, it makes you struggle. So that means that, you know, my motor skills aren't amazing. It means my handwriting is not great. It means that when someone says, go left, I'm like, I'll go right. And um, I just, that frustrates me. And I think the reason it frustrates me is because of driving. Like before, yeah, my motor skills kind of aggravated me because like my handwriting's not that neat. I can't cut things. But now that it's affecting my driving, something that is very important, it really annoys me um, and it makes me not want to drive. I, I think I've said this before. I have a really bad habit, a flaw, and that's when something is difficult or I don't like it, I give up. So everything that comes easy to me, I love doing. Um, you know, like singing or dancing or writing or, or, or all of that, I'm fine with, I can, I can do that. But if it's something like maths, um, something to do with my hands, like, you know, maybe even putting up something in the wall, like, you know, hammering something into the wall, I don't want to do it. Like, I'll avoid it. And I'm trying to do that with driving. But everyone around me is like, no, you got to drive, you got to drive. And it's like, you don't know because you're a good driver and you have your license and you didn't stop at a freaking intersection and then they're like oh well you know I once went through a red light yeah like in the 100 years you've been driving you went through a red light I in my driving lessons stopped an intersection because I can't see my left and my right and so sometimes a lot of the time I wish that my executive functions and my sort of spatial awareness were stronger um, and were better because it would just make things easier. And I know that that's like an easy way out. I'm sure people wish they could have a lot of things in their life easier. But driving is one of those things that I actually want to be able to do, even though I hate it. And I feel as if my ADHD is going to get me, get it in the way of achieving that. Because a lot of the things I've been able to surmount, like, you know, I was told that I was never going to be able to like get a job that involved, you know, counting change or doing numbers. I managed to get through that. I was told I'd never be able to go to uni and cope with exams. I got through that, right? Like it, it happened. Whereas with driving, I'm, I'm told, you know, you're not a good driver, you know, you're going to struggle with driving. And it's turned out to be true. Like I haven't proven it wrong. 
like in my lessons, I'm not good. I didn't get in the car on my first lesson and slay it. I, I've been bad. So um, that's my sort of like gripe. Um, so maybe it's like this, this episode is just me and my fears of driving. <laughs> that's all coming out. It's like, you know, I don't like snapping. And, you know, let's just talk about driving. I hate driving. So I just really struggle with that. And a lot of ADHDers do, um, you know, that, that perception, that visual awareness is just not there. And it's not because we're dumb or we don't care. It's that when you say left or right, it's confusing. And when I'm driving and I'm like not noticing my side mirror, that's not because I'm not noticing it on purpose. It's because my brain doesn't, doesn't intentionally, like it doesn't automatically or unconsciously do it. And so that can be very, 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 very aggravating. Um, the next point of things that I would love to not have, um, I, I, like have the ADHD but not have these things, would be the PMS impact. So I've done a lot of episodes talking about emotional regulation and I did, I think, like a two-part or three-part episode with Lois and Claire all about like PMS periods and ADHD and OCD and how it impacts it. Um, so obviously a lot of people struggle with PMS. It's not new, unique to ADHDers. A lot of people with like comorbid conditions or other things, their PMS is like exacerbated. All those things are exacerbated. But for me personally, I find that the loud thoughts and the, the emotional regulation issues come the most pre-period. So about two weeks before, I wish it was like a day before, two weeks before, the thoughts start to get loud and the emotions start to become uncontrollable. And I don't know about you neurotypicals, but it's not very nice to feel like you can't control your emotions or to feel like something is happening to you that you cannot control. And a lot of people are like, well, you can control it. Like, you know, just stop your period. Um, it's not that simple. If, you know, I could do that in a heartbeat with no sort of side effects, I would. I hate having it to think that when I was younger, I die. I was dying to get it. I wanted it so badly. I really felt like it was a mark of my womanhood. And now I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Having long hair is my mark of womanhood. I, 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 I'm good on the period front. Um, but yeah, I, I find that really difficult. I find when you're already overstimulated and your brain and chemicals are already ADHD impacted, to then add hormones to that, lovely plan going by, to then add hormones to the equation it's like are you kidding me it's almost as if I feel like ADHD should be exempt from having their periods or experiencing hormones at all like think about you guys when you were just starting with like the hormones kick I know hormones are always there but you know when you reach that age maybe like 12 13 when you start to notice your hormones are making you a bit weird keep that in mind imagine then being ADHD it's like so first I already feel strange because I'm undiagnosed ADHD or I just am ADHD then you're adding in all these hormones that are going to make me feel even stranger and crazy and that's what it's like being ADHD I just feel like we should catch a break I don't know I just feel as if we should have like a role and all the people who are ADHD on that role the period skips like the period fairy goes okay yep no ADHD she doesn't get the period ADHD doesn't get a period Autistic doesn't get a period. Um, OCD doesn't get the period. Like, I just wish that I didn't have to deal with that on top of it. And um, people are probably thinking, oh, you're probably not that bad. Like, you just get a bit sooky and you passes. Ask my parents, 
and my partner and they will say that I'm not a very fun person to be around before my period. I'm usually a very happy-go-lucky, loud, making jokes about me and others person in general. But two weeks before my period, it is truly, I am the Antichrist. I am a demon. Think of the worst sort of murderer in a horror movie. Think of, I don't know, Jason, Freddy, um, Ghostface Killer. That's me. That is me. I call it um, the dark passenger. Um, I think that comes from like Dexter when he gets in like his mood. I become the dark passenger. I become another person. This like alter ego of this moody teenager takes over me and I can't stop it. So I think that if I was neurotypical, I would still have PMS. I'd still struggle with it, but I'd be able to stop the snapping. Like I would snap and then I'd be able to kind of pull back. The issue with ADHD is there's not, that impulse control isn't really there. So the snapping continues. And the muscle in your brain, I can't remember the acronym for it. I think it's the ALC or the ACL. I think ACL is something in your leg. But the ALC, the brain that is that friend that holds you back and says, don't punch him, you're going to get into trouble. That muscle in your brain is very weakened in ADHD brains. So we don't have that person in the head, that, that muscle in the brain saying, don't do it. You're going to regret it. It's do it, do it, don't worry about it. And then afterwards you're like, oh, what did I do? I just snapped. Oh, and then the consequences are there. And you have to take responsibility for them because you're an adult and like you can't get away with just saying, I was in a bad mood. Um, so I really do wish that that wasn't a thing. I wish that my ADHD didn't impact my PMS as much. I think it would make things a lot easier two weeks before my period because when I'm on my period, I'm at my peak. Yeah, I've got cramps and I don't feel great physically, but mentally it's like, oh, I'm set. Like I can, I can do this, right? You know, I'm, I'm a queen. But two weeks before, demonic, absolutely demonic. You know, I don't believe in, in, you know, demons and spirits. I mean, kind of, but I don't believe in demonic like possession or exorcism. But Honestly, sometimes I think that crystal bath, that crystal bath, those crystals that I have and that like Paolo Santo and blessed oil I have, I'm going to do a facial of it. I really do think that sometimes because it just takes over. And obviously we have to laugh at it and make jokes because otherwise um, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll cry. Um, I'm trying to think of another thing that I don't really like, but I think that's it. Um, Oh, I don't like how forgetful I am. That's something I don't like. I don't know if that's an ADHD thing. I'm going to blame it on the ADHD. I am not forgetful when it comes to things that I can see, which means if it's in my field of vision or I can visualize it, like it's in front, I will remember it. But if it is elsewhere, I don't. So like, for example, if my keys had been on my bedside table, I would have seen them known to put them in my bag. But because out of my own fault, I put them somewhere else. They're not there. So I don't know that they're there. It's a very funny thing. It's not blindness, not time blindness. It's like a sort of visual perception thing. Like if it's not there, I don't remember. So if you tell me when I'm in my bedroom, hey, wash the dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't see the dishes. So I don't remember. Whereas if I'm in the kitchen and you say wash the dishes, I get up straight away. I go to it because I can see there are the dishes waiting to be put in the dishwasher. But if I'm not there, if the object is not there, if the task is not in front of me, 
I struggle to remember. That's why I like to write things down because then they are there for me visually. But I don't always write down that I need my keys. So, you know, I forgot my keys. Um, but it's not too bad. Like, I'm very punctual, like bordering on like a bit, you know, I hate to use the word, but like anal retentive. I'm very on time. I don't forget birthdays. I don't forget names. I'm pretty good. But in terms of like objects or tasks to do at home, I wish I was a bit better at it. Um, because it would, you know, mean that I wasn't sitting out here. I mean, look, it is a stunning day today, but it would mean I'm not sitting out here recording um, on, you know, the front porch. And like five people have gone by and I don't think they can see that I'm talking to a phone. So I think they just assume, oh yeah, like she's just chatting to herself. She's, you know, sitting outside for some reason of her house, not going inside. Um, but yeah, I just wish that I, I, I remembered things a little better. But other than that, you guys, I really can't think of anything else that I would change. Um, I mean, I'll answer this. A lot of people have asked me, like, how do you maintain, like, this positivity and how are you so, like, um, you know, positive? And I just want to say that as much as I'm an optimist, I'm also a cynic and I'm also a massive nihilist. Um, and I think that we put like too much stake on a lot of things and we take life a bit too seriously because I don't think we realise that like we're not here for a long time um, and that is terrifying. Um, so it's not worth to get sick over certain things. Um, but I do want to say before I answer the question, I totally get why people struggle to accept being ADHD and struggle to accept their diagnosis. I understand that for some people it's just too hard for them and it's just difficult. Um, and I would never want to pressure anyone to be like me, um, you know, on that front. But how do I remain positive? I think I have a positive disposition. I have a sort of, I'm kind of just like that. I'm, I'm sort of a very outgoing, loud kind of da-da-da, like life is good sort of person. I mean, most of the time. I definitely have my moments and I definitely have moments where I'm like, this is pointless, I hate it, da 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 um, so I think it, it comes with your temperament. I think temperament is a big thing. I think the next one is your experience. So if you were diagnosed you know, early on, good intervention, good support system, that makes life easier. I had all of those things. I got diagnosed pretty early. Um, you know, I was, what, 13, 14. I, had, I have amazing parents and I had a really good high school. So that made life a lot easier um also my medication definitely is a bonus it really changed my life for the better I don't know where I would be without it honestly it makes me so happy um not that it's a happy drug but it really brings me joy because it's changed my life um and I would say the fact that I became very obsessed with knowing about ADHD and understanding it so I could reframe how I view it because a lot of the time like when you read just like the surface of the internet, ADHD is a disorder, it's all the negatives. And those are super important to know about, but when you go a bit more in depth and you actually understand what neurodiversity is and neurodevelopment and the history of ADHD, you do know, okay, it's a disorder, but hmm, it's actually got a lot of things that are fantastic about it and that are only seen as bad because of a neurotypical world. It's like that argument, if we 
we're, we live in a world that's designed for people who are average size or tall people, okay? So people who can like reach the doorknob, right? It's made for people like us. But if you are somebody who is small, I don't know what the correct term is. Some people prefer dwarfism, some people prefer little. I'm just gonna say, if you are smaller than average, you're not gonna be able to open the doorknob. You're not gonna be able to do, you're not gonna be able to drive the car because the car's not made for you. That makes it that now being small or short is a problem, right? Because of the environment. But if the environment was more adaptable, it wouldn't be so much of an issue. Now, I'm not saying that ADHD is an environmental thing, but there are a lot of ADHD symptoms that are exacerbated by a neurotypical environment. Sitting for six hours a day or more at school definitely exacerbates a lot of ADHD symptoms. Being in a loud-ass shopping centre and having people talk to you definitely exacerbates the ADHD symptoms where you can't focus on one thing. So for me, I've learned to understand that it's not all me and that it's definitely the world I'm in. Like, it's not all my fault. I'm not just, you know, ADHD and making my life difficult by having this. It's also the world I'm in. And I've also come to understand that most people, I mean, for me, most people that I know and admire and that are creative individuals are neurodiverse. And that makes me very happy. So for me, it's like the best of both worlds. Not only have I got all these amazing traits that come with being ADHD, half the people that we see in the world who are amazing authors, actors, singers, poets are ADHD or neurodiverse. So I don't care. But I think that also comes back to my temperament, that it's just like, I don't care. My attitude is I'm here for me. And your problems with me are not my problems. And what you think and feel about me is none of my business. I don't exist to be, like, loved in the neurotypical world. I'm, I'm here and, you know, you've got to act like you belong. A very wise person um, said that quote to my dad. They were talking and I thought it was great. It's like, you know, walk around or live your life as if you belong. Um, and I think that's definitely true. And, you know, like I said, there are moments where I don't feel like I belong and I'm like, these symptoms are kicking my ass, you know, the driving and that I really don't view as a superpower. But I always end on a positive note because I, this is how I've always been. I don't know any different. And I think if I were to get a cure, I would grieve a part of myself because ADHD is a very big part of me. And that makes me very happy. So even though today is not a great day, I'm not very happy that I'm wasting my time outside when I could have been studying, I'm glad that I recorded this episode um, and I'm glad I got my thoughts out. It was impromptu, so there may be trains of thought that are a bit messier than usual, but you know why. And I think that's all that I'm going to say today. So I'm going to say... I hope that you have a good day today. Enjoy the sun. I mean, this episode won't be uploaded on this day, but hope you're enjoying the spring sun. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Lucy Pod and to stream, like, follow and rate me five stars on all your favourite streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, IRSS, Listeners. I mean, the list goes on. Don't forget to show me some love on there and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget the special offer to the Lucy Pod listeners where you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the Lucy Pod. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash the Lucy Pod.